When I ain't mad at God and gave him, you know, good old turkey. God know your heart. He know your heart. He know your heart. Here is what I need you to get from this series. If your blank is anything outside of God, then you have an idol. And the point of this series and what I plan to deal with for the summer is helping people realize that the reason your life is not simple is because you got too many idols. You got too many things in your life that you keep putting before God and God ain't happy. And in his unhappiness, he makes your life uncomfortable. That's what he does. A.B. Smith, one of, one of my favorite authors, said it this way, as long as you want anything very much, especially more than you want God, it's an idol. Mm -hmm. Timothy Keller, one of my other favorites, says, an idol is whatever you look at and say in your heart of heart, if I had that, then I'll feel my life as me. Then I'll know I have value. Then I'll feel significant and secure. That's for the single folks. Just let me get a man to love me. Shoot, I, I'm just waiting on the right one to come along. Instead of saying, I'm just waiting on God to deal with me so that I can get where I need to be. If a man is the thing that you feel will complete you, then that man and the idea of man is an idol. Now, going back to what I said about marriage, you can take a good thing because watch this, God made man. It was so good that he made it to be like him. But that good thing for some of us, because we have no relationship with God, we can take this wonderful creation that he made and corrupt it. The man can become your provider. The man can become your protector. And for my single folks, your fulfiller. <laughs> when there is a reality of God that says, I gotta be your everything. You don't believe me? Take your Bible and go to Exodus 20. Again, this is gonna be a different series, but I got to walk it like I talked with the coward. I don't know how creative I'm gonna get. I don't know how you know excited I'm gonna get because I need us to get this. Exodus 20, beginning at verse one. I'm gonna go code it on y'all. So when somebody find it, read it for me. <laughs> it's on the screen too, y'all. They got the Bible. Somebody can read the screen. If you like, run God reading from the screen. Exodus one, verse one, chapter 20. Who got it? Go ahead. Keep going to verse 3. You shall have no other gods before me. Mm -hmm. Okay, verse 3, thank you. My dad, like, Daddy, you tell me to, to verse 3. Watch this. This is what God says to you and me. I brought you out of something. And what I did for you, watch this, that would keep you in bondage, I need you to understand upon releasing you from bondage. My expectation is that you don't create anything that comes in front of me. 
at that marinade. You can be so gluttonous, and I'm preaching to myself right now, that you can spend more money on your shoes than you do on giving God back his. Now watch this for the folks that don't really like church. I ain't just talking about giving an offering or a tithe. God expects for you to take care of those that are without. And that goes beyond your family and friends. Amen. It ain't enough for God for you to be moved because you took care of T.T. when she didn't have her rent money or you paid Lil John Cardno that one month. Because watch this, out of 365 days, if all you did was those two things, you still got to pray to God what happened to the other 362. Because then if he did a check and balance, he would, watch this, realize that all your money went toward either you or watch this, the things that you value. The people who matter to you. And God says, my perspective goes beyond your immediate family. My desire, my plan, calls for you to go outside of your comfort. Make it yes, sir. Because we are not in balance, our lives are complicated. Because we keep missing the simple truth of idolatry, we keep falling. See, because for most of us in 2018, we see or read stuff like that and think it's not possible today. But I'm about to mess you up. Remember, an idol is anything that has more precedence or significance in your life than God. Some of us are guilty on this alone. We spend more time scrolling than we do praying. And prayer, watch this, is one of the 13 disciplines that God expects for you as a Christian to practice daily. Now, prayer is not you getting up, though, saying, Lord, I thank you. God bless me. Prayer is not, God, you know I need. God, show me, God. God, show me if he want. God, give me that job. God, you know I'm about to get in this car, Lord. I need you to work a miracle right now to let it start. <laughs> because it's that mindset that people will be like, well, no, I pray every day. I pray every day. Why is that? Because your life is so messed up that you got a problem every day that you got to deal with. Every day you got a problem. Either it's your job or it's your friend or it's your man or it's your car. The car issue would be resolved if you were a good steward. The man problem would be gone if you just waited. The career opportunities would be there if you did what you needed to do to get a job. Because some of us say, I need a job, Lord, and we don't go to the interview. Or, watch this, we get a job, and after three days, we call in. You want your life to be simple, though. 
and you only apply your commitment to the things that are tangible. When God called you to focus on spiritual. Brother, where are you going with this? Where are you going with this? I'm going to the fact that for many of us, our lives are not simple because we don't have the right heart. Proverbs 4, 23 says it this way, above all else, guard your heart for everything you do flows from it. See, if my heart is ever going to be regulated, I've got to take the first four practices of Christianity and apply it. Now, here go the messed up part, Tamika. If I ask in this room, outside of the people who come to community, what are the four disciplines of Christianity who in here can answer it? Outside of the people who've been around me on Tuesday night, I ain't talking to you. Don't be the smart kid in the classroom right now. <laughs> so, let me help y'all. Let me teach y'all. There are 13 disciplines in your Christian faith. Okay? 13. Of the 13, there are four that set you up for a simple life. These things are God's means to your simplicity. Okay? Number one, pray. And watch this as I call them out, some folks are going to be like, oh, I said it now, amen. <laughs> Prayer is one. Fasting is two. Here go to one. Ooh, this one right here. This is my friend. Y'all remember? <laughs> I just thought about her last time I saw you. I was praying for you, girl. Third, study the scripture. Study. Oh, Wait a minute, Roger. You mean I got the what? I don't even like studying for my test. I be cheating. If you are going to be a Christian who lives a healthy life, you have got to study your scripture. Well, I, I, ain't, I don't be reading, right? I just the books. Prayer life changes that because you now start talking to God about the fact, I don't like reading. Lord, fix me because I don't like reading. You said I didn't know I picked up. Lord, fix me because the last time I picked up a book was in the third grade. But no, we don't want to have that conversation with God. God, give me a, a desire, a yearning, give me a hunger so that I can learn about you. Why do I need to learn about God, brother? Because you don't know him. No, brother, God has been tired of showing since I was six years old. But here's where God slaps many of us in the face. My thoughts are not your thoughts. My way, I'm not your way. So for all y'all deep religious folks, you don't know him. There are some steps, some, some ground that needs to be made up between you and God before you, watch this, go back to what I started with, before you get back to him. Now, watch the analogy. As God gave birth to you in time, that projected you into this reality, in order to get back to God, I, in my reality, I can't just stay here. 
Because if he projected me and I'm not knowing and my circumstances are corrupt, how can I possibly know the right thing to do to get back to him when everything around me don't look like him? Because he tells you this in the Bible, you are an alien. You don't even belong here. That's why the Bible says, do not be of this world, but be ye transformed. How can you transform a person who looks like the place they're in? Ain't no need for transformation. But the request of transformation is because when he puts you in time, he can't take you back looking like this. to be able to do so that people know that you belong to him. Yeah. 
there was just some evidence, some signs that allowed for the world to know that you are here. Four of those is a life of prayer, a life of fasting, a life of studying, and a life of meditation. Y'all don't believe me still. Let me give you the complications. It's the Bible. Most of us can't get the simple life in code because there are complications in being single. Number one, for those of you who take notes, we put too much before God. That's the first problem. Let me validate it by going back to Exodus 20. Remember what I said. And God spoke all these words saying, I am the Lord your God who brought you out. Most of us give more credit to the people who in the mess with us than the guy who brought us out the mess. Because you get on the phone quick, fast, in a hairy after you went through some hell with, with baby, and you be like, girl, you my best friend, girl, I don't know where I'd be if you wasn't here with me, good God, God know who to send. Send that, watch this, this is my favorite one. Something pop up on Facebook, Girl, Sheree, if you had put that inspirational post about the Lord is able, girl, I just don't know. It's God who brought you out of your sin. It's God, the Lord your God, Yahweh, who brought you out of bondage, out of slavery. And that God says to you, do not Put others before me. Other complication? We would rather stay with the things that complicate the relationship than be separate. God sees us in a way that it's hard for many of us to conceive. That's how we're seen. What do you mean, brothers? Genesis 1 and 3 says it this way. And God said, let there be light. And there was light. And God saw the light was good. And God separated light from the darkness. Most of us get hung up, Barbara, in this idea that God separated us. Because we were born in darkness. What many of us fail to identify with is that yet while we're in darkness, is that we're the one light in the room. Wow. Amen. Wow. So then we become like them who are in darkness, which then makes our life, Tierra, Tierra, love for you, complicated. Girl, I gave you a whole other vibe in the But discerning being good and done good. We don't want to separate. While God tells you, I separated you intentionally, just like I did in Genesis 1 when I, when I called things into existence. So the same God that made light and dark made you. And in him making you, he intentionally separated you from what he did not want you to be. But too many of us struggle with that separation idea. Because in darkness, it's more of them than you. Yes. Yes. 
But Jesus gives you satisfaction in that. When John tells you that he came unto his own and his own didn't know it. While he tabernacled with his own. That's why for some of y'all that are in families and ain't nobody saved but you, it's hard being in that family. But what God is saying to you and through you to them is that just like me, you reject them, you rejected me. And instead of you seeing the privilege of the assignment of being a reminder of what they are not, you say, I don't want the responsibility. This thing, I got, you know how you eat, girl, you get. Amen. The complications fall in this other point. We think we know enough to get by because of partial revelation. And we have yet to receive full revelation that is accompanied by his divine illumination. Yeah. Great me. I got you. Watch this. Revelation is this. I gotta go to the back. You know you in the dark right now, right? Full revelation does this. you to realize the difference between where you actually are and what you need to be. Wow. Wow. Uh, Y'all missed that. I go with that too deep and too heavy. Did I go? I went over. Let me break down my... All right. If I tell you I love you, I'm not just going to say it to you. I'm going to show it to you. His full revelation for me and you was when he sent his son to die. The expectation once you have conceived fully what the death means for you, that you operate and function differently. Go back to the light. When it was dark, it was dark. But when full revelation came, there was no more darkness. Full revelation allowed for people to see God's divine presence in you. Make sense? Yes, sir. That's it? Okay. All right. In our last point of this part, in our own arrogance, though, we are ignorant to the simple things he gives us to live by. We wait to rely on excuses that inevitably will be for nothing. What do you mean, brother? Watch this. Ephesians 1 and 9 tells you that he made known to you the mystery of his will. According to his pleasure. Okay? He made it known. He revealed himself to you. Romans 1 and 20 says it this way. For since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes are clearly seen, being understood by the things that were made by him. This is how God messes everybody up in this room. You can't ever deny that God ain't God because he does things like this. He can let it rain in South Memphis while it's dry and hot in North Memphis. 
Ah, right there, you know what I mean? That's just, that's just the weather. Somebody had to be behind the rain who was above the cloud who called the rain to be while the cloud was still there. Somebody had to separate the cloud from the sun so that the sun could shine. Somebody had to do it. And if it wasn't you and it wasn't me and it wasn't Channel 3, then who do you give credit to? But in your arrogance, you act ignorant. Well, I, uh, you, I, you know, I ain't no science person, Brian. I, I just think I don't know where all that comes from. So then we flip it this way. Brian, I like you. I don't go to the seminary schools and read the Bibles like you do. For practices, study scripture, meditate on scripture, pray over scripture, fast over scripture. I do what God asks you to do, and that's why I get the revelation that I get. And watch this, he didn't make it job specific. I don't know about you, but I'm helping myself. I feel, I feel like, Lord, I didn't talk somebody today. Now, let me help you see the scripture, because that's what I got to do, Mama Baker. I don't want nobody to say, well, he was just throwing all these scriptures out. I don't even know what he, what he was talking about. What if I told you the walk could be simple? Would you believe me? Okay. Don't know why you're laughing. I'm getting old. I gotta throw my glasses. Yeah. <laughs> Get old. Throw my glasses. Lena, I gotta wear glasses. <laughs> Turn the song one for me. I'm praying for a miracle, though, Sheree. I need you to touch and agree with me to God to fix these eyes. So I ain't gotta wear them. Psalm one. Psalm 1, reading from the Christian standard, watch this. How happy is the one who does not walk in the advice of the wicked, or stand in the pathway with sinners, or sit in the company of mockers. Instead, his delight is in the Lord's instruction, and he meditates on it day and night. It's simple, you ready? He is like a tree planted beside flowing streams that bears its fruit in its season and whose leaves do not wither. Whatever he does prospers. Let me break it down for you so you can go on. Easy teaching. Christian standard version says happy. Other versions say blessed. Here's the part, Shanti, that messes most people up. We make blessed general. And our ignorance, not knowing that there's a Hebrew translation to it, there are two types of blessed. One blessed is a blessed that somebody gives to you that's human. Amen. Another blessed is the one that God spoke over you. Amen. Most of us are confused because everybody in hood tells us we blessed. Girl, look at that girl. You look good, girl. Look at you. Girl, God is all on you. God bless and say, they ain't got to say nothing to you. Because I did it for you before they ever knew you. And all you got to do is the part where you shout and stand it. Folk, really. They go to and fro. Child, job go over here. Quit that job, go over here. Go get this degree. Child, go get another degree. 
when you are blessed by God, baby, you can stand in one degree and be like my friend in the back and somebody call you with no degree and say, I got a job for you. Nobody got to validate your blessing. Ain't no job got to validate who you are in God. All you got to do is show up in the room. Stand still and know that he is God. Y'all better understand. Be still and know. I'll never leave you nor forsake you. But a shaky person with false blessings. A confident person with full revelation. Knows that I can stand in a bad marriage. And still be blessed. I can have 25 bad relationships and still be blessed. I can have no car, no money in my account and still be blessed. I can be homeless with no key to a door and still be blessed. But too many of us don't know Psalms 1, Bridget, as if we knew then we know that there are two types of blessings in this world. If I knew it, then I wouldn't be destroyed when people don't validate me. I wouldn't be so crazy. I wouldn't be so mean. Ain't nobody got to take nothing. Let me help y'all with something. I walked in the orange mound with nobody but a friend and a wife and some kids. Some folks said you ain't going to make it, but because I'm blessed, I walk in here. And here's a blessing that God brings. Here's a blessing for By statistical man numbers, I'm not supposed to be successful. But God's favor, because he blessed me. Sunday after Sunday after Sunday, he keeps surprising me. Folks that I don't know show up. Folks that I did know come around. But for whatever reason, God blessed me. And so when I go to meetings, I don't need my evangelical friends to validate me. I don't need folks even in the comments to tell me I'm in the right place. Because every time I open my eyes, even before I get to Cherokee, I know I'm blessed. I got a wife who's healthy. I got kids who doing just fine. I got money that allows me to get from day to day. I'm blessed. And watch this, I'ma still be blessed if nobody shows up next. I'ma still be blessed. If I lose my job, I'ma still be blessed. Because before I ever inherited anything on this earth, I had already inherited eternal promise. Because that thing gotta be in your heart. You can't just spit what I just spit at you off the dome. That thing gotta be planted. Go to verse 2, watch this. Instead, his delight is in the Lord. Watch this. His delight is in the Lord. It's something about when you are in a simple life, Brittany. What, what David is saying is that I'm just happy to be in his presence. That's what verse 2 is saying to us. David said, I'm just glad that he came around. Because when I think about the fact that I was born in sin and that my sins separate me from him, the fact that he gives me opportunity to stand before him blessed, I'm happy. Child, if you only knew my story, I'm happy. Child, if you only knew my pain, I'm happy. David says, I delight in spite of what I physically feel, what I mentally go through. Why? Because I'm blessed. 
time that changes the paradigm of life being simple. Now that makes life look a whole lot different because what you said to me, Broderick, and why you telling me I need to go to community and why you telling me I need to study scripture is, is that it changes my mentality. Amen. Shoot, well, you mean to tell me if I just go read a few scriptures, you mean to tell me, child, I can put a few more smiles on my face, you mean to tell me if I just fast on God, that you mean to tell me that I start really liking to be around God? Because here's another news flash for some of y'all. The reason why you don't like church is because you don't know God. You know church. And every time you choose to be absent from church, you choose to be absent because you base it on us. See, if us is this, a flat foot make you walk out this fast. Because us is this. It's nasty, conniving, two-faced, liars. That fabric ain't right. Ain't gonna ever be right. That's just the reality. But watch this. You don't need your hood. Let that marinate. Some of them try to act like they don't know what I'm talking about. You don't need the block. You don't need your sorority. You don't need your fraternity. You don't leave your childhood friends. I had childhood friends. We flat forgot in the street school that we slap box. One dude named Ben slapped me in the face one time. I should have never talked to him again. But I love him so much because he's from the hood. And every time he posts up on Facebook and his old age like me, I like it. But watch this, my mind still remember when that man hit me in my mind. <laughs> you cannot delight in God if you don't know God. And see, the thing about bears, I knew bear. So I don't mind still being around bear. I don't mind checking in on bear. I don't mind connected, being connected to people that's connected to bear. Because I delight in the friendship, the relationship that me and bear had. Not had, but had. Last point. This is that hard part portion. I'm waiting for this because I can call you out to you and be like, why are you messing with me? <laughs> Watch this portion. This is what the Bible got on my suit for you. I'm going to put my glasses on for your education. <laughs> I'm going to read the scripture again portion. I can't read it if I ain't got these glasses on. Watch this portion. He is like a tree planted beside flowing streams that bears its fruit in its season and whose leaves do not weather whatever he does prospers. See, the reason why your life ain't simple is because you ain't planning. And this is how you know you ain't planning, because ain't nothing good coming from you. Now watch this, Leslie. They think I'm talking about money. No, boo-boo. Ain't nobody flowing with you. Ain't nobody growing with you. Everybody that you hang out with is full of sin, full of mess, full of corruption, full of lies, broke like you, going through like you. And God says that if you uproot yourself and plant yourself in righteousness, then watch this. Because of where you are planted, even when the season is hot, your leaves won't wither. Why, Roderick? Here's the beauty of the imagery, Rock. Because the tree is in the ground. The ground is connected to water. Yes. And to help all y'all folks that don't like Bible studies in, in communities. You like a potted plant. <laughs> because you ain't really connected to nothing. 
And life is like those folks who get potted plants but don't take care of them for real. You just gonna dry up after a while. And my wife can testify to this. Go out of town for a couple of days. And that nice little thing that somebody bought you is gonna wither away because watch this, the world don't care about you growing. But when you plant yourself in the church, what the Bible says is that because you're connected to the church, and watch this, my church is me. The vine will then get connected to a flow. A flow that will help you understand what you got to go through when you go through it. A flow that will give you understanding when you don't understand. A flow that will make you love when you don't want to love. A flow that will make you cry when you don't want to cry. But you got to be connected to the vine. David says you know he's blessed because he's planted and his prince is rooted into the water. Now I'm about to mess you up with scripture. Jesus says that I am the living water. And that if you connected to me, out of you will come living water. Most of us in here in relationships with people are dried up. They ain't got no word in them because they don't fast, they don't pray, they don't study scripture, they don't meditate on scripture, so they give you philosophy. And in their ignorance, they don't know that God is a God of seasons. I'm about to mess folks up. You ready for this, girl? Ecclesiastes 1 says there's a time and a season for everything. Here's my final point to everybody in here. In our, in our ignorance, we don't understand that in God's seasons that have definition. Now, you and me look at the fall all the time, and we say, oh, that's when, uh, yeah, that's, that's, that's when the feathers, they start rounding up, right? By human definition, or for the sake of a person, all of them for us is a time or period of maturity verging on decline. Because we are ignorant to God's maturity. We act immature in a season when we should have grew up. You've been in church for umpteen years and you mean to tell me fall ain't kind of you yet? Now this time I'm really messing up the grid. Even when the weather is funny like it is now, watch this. The birds knew that it was time to come back. Green never showed up, but watch this. The birds said, child. <laughs> it was cold as a mud. We and he saw one that was up my porch like this. But it was like, I just got to wait for the heat to come. If God gave the bird enough sense to still show up as required, why in the world would you think God don't want you to sit in church and not report? Everybody on the feet. Got good to me. I was supposed to stop. But it's still 145. I'm about to watch how I handle all this real quick. I need to make an invitation. 